I have the wrong. You have the wrong? Uh, you have plug, the wrong. I plugged the microphone in. Okay. Here why, we go. Would you, why, why would you? Why would you do that? Huh? Why? Accidentally. Are you okay? Why would you what? have the wrong? Okay. Just get, just, you, uh. You, you got it now? Yep. Are you, are you so, so right now? Yeah. Yeah? You sure? Uh, glad, I try to be. hear it. got to eat my first grilled food of the year so yesterday so that was fun john was there but he wasn't why was he wasn't there he was and he went to fleet farm and then he went to his room and i ate burgers with his roommate <laughs> and then we talked afterwards mm. but it, it was good and then we watched secondhand lines oh that's a good one I was like, you know, maybe someday we can do an episode on it. But I I've been meaning to rewatch it. that before I pitched it as an idea. Yeah, it uh, it still holds up. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's a good fun movie. It's like they don't they don't quite make them like they used to. You don't just get a random, solid, one-off Disney movie anymore. Was that Disney? I think so. Maybe it was one of their. Back when uh, they made just regular old live action movies. Maybe it was like Touchstone or Hollywood or something. Yeah. Some side thing. Or I thought by it was Disney. Disney. Okay. Uh, let me double check that. Check my sources here. I want to make sure we're today, but. presenting accurate information and not just three people's opinions. What about you, Riley? How's Seminary Land? Oh, this is getting to be the part of the year where all of the things are beginning to happen all at the ah. same time. Mm-hmm. And so I have been, it's been a gorgeous weekend this weekend. And I have had absolutely no motivation to do anything. Mm-hmm. I just started working on a paper that's due basically by Thursday morning. Mm. That is 1,500 words. I just started at about 350, so. How does this only have 60% on Rotten Tomatoes? This is a travesty. Those film critics don't know what they're talking about. No. No. Um, I suppose, like, when you're coming up on Easter break, it's a little difficult to be motivated. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Gosh dang it. I just want to know. And, you know, me being a northerner, I associate this kind of weather with late may which means i'm free your brain is shut off at this point i could turn my brain off at that (laughs) point so i have to consciously fight against that oh it was new line cinema that's right there you go okay not new i don't know why i thought it was disney but anyway sorry we're We're done done. with secondhand lines now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we had a little out of the way yep we had a little beltine party yesterday oh oh Several of us at the seminary are reading or have read the Wheel of Time series. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's the little spring, last day of winter, first day of spring celebration in the books is called Beltine. Uh-huh. Very cool. So we had a, a celebration with grilled meats I and other... As of when we were recording this, today is the first day of spring. So that's mm. 
lovely. It even looks like spring outside. It's a whopping 50-something degrees and raining. So, um, <laughs> That's odd for North Dakota. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice yesterday. It was a little windy, but got out and shot baskets with Mike. So that was that was good. Move around a little bit. Um, and then on Friday, I did, uh, as all good Catholics did, I uh, had meat because it was the Solemnity of St. Joseph, Solemnity. And uh, I'd been doing the St. Joseph's Consecration with a group of people. So we finished that up. So that was that was cool. Glad I did it. Was good... In fact, you are not allowed to fast on a solemnity. Uh-oh. It is Uh-oh. against the law. So do not be fasting on those solemnities, folks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Discord just froze for a moment, but I think we're good now. Yeah, we should be fine. Yeah. Now, um, this week was my spring break. Hmm. And so from about Wednesday, from Wednesday onward, I had we had a guest at our house. Isaac came to visit um, my younger brother, so that was cool. We got to hang out. We got what are you, what are you Don't doing? Don't worry about it. Don't worry Sorry. about it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, okay. we uh, so yeah, I went and picked him up in halfway between here and home, and we hung out. We went did a little shopping, uh, picked up some like DVDs and CDs and stuff, and watched a little My Hero Academia because he's halfway through that show. He's, so that that was fun. Got to nerd out with him about that. That mm-hmm. was, was, was with a random couple where episodes. That came from on my watch it. My yeah, watch gonna, history. I was gonna tell you. It's like yeah, we watched I'm a like, couple episodes of that. I I figure I figure somebody started watching mm-hmm. it again for something, either to like prep for when we do the episode eventually. No, um, or whatever, Isaac was but... halfway through season three, and so I was like, hey, if you want to like, catch the cut next couple episodes and just talk about it, we can. So we so, so that's what that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see where exactly he left off. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, and then I drove him home over the weekend, and we uh, we hung. I hung out with the family. Uh, it was just a solid weekend home. I'm gonna be headed home next weekend because Isaac mm-hmm. turns 21. This was kind of our yep his uh a light uh, bro hangout time before he turned 21. Mm-hmm. Couldn't hit up all the bars yet, but again, nah. then again, it's not also like Lent, so. <laughs> Not like either of you are hitting up bars, people. <laughs> yeah. No, very much not. Unless there are other people unless, we know that are... Unless John is dragging us. Yeah, right. That's true. And if that bar is the turf. And if that bar is on a Wednesday. Or if that bar is Front Street. Front Street is good. That's a nice, co- it's a nice it's a nice cozy little Street? place. I know John yeah, really you... likes uh, Junkyard, but I haven't been there yet. You've been there with me twice, I think, Nathan. We went there okay. for my birthday party. Oh yeah, Front Street, the one yep. with the game board game the one with the games. That's the one. That's the one. And then we we had some. We had knocked back a pint, um, in that back porch area, two summers ago, or no, the last summer. I think I forget. Yeah, it was the last summer. Well, yep. we were. No, it was before COVID. I think. Yeah. Well, of course sure. it was because a bar was open. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, so it would have had to be 2019 then. Yeah. Couldn't yep. have been summer of 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good times. There's some nice spots in town, but yeah, uh, yeah. Looking forward to. I've um, I haven't been to a mug night in a while, so um, and then partially you know giving up the Alecky Hall for Lent, and then uh, 
everyone I know is on Exodus 90, so it's not like if, if I wasn't doing it for Lent, I would be able to drink with people anyway. So. There's no one to do it with, so it's like, yeah. what's the point at that point? Yep. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to that after Easter. So I um, will be coming home in one week's time. Oh, yeah. Be so we can do a, a live Friday. episode next week. Oh, yeah. Oh. And then uh, Holy Week. Well, Actually, yeah, that'll Holy be during Holy. Week. That'll be our Holy Week episode, and then we might have no, to. No, it, it. no, it won't be. It'll be our. Yeah, next next week isn't Holy Week. Next Sunday, it will. Is we will. It will come out during Holy Week. Yeah, but we sure. won't. Are we going to do a break mean. for Holy Week, or are we? Gonna I'll be do around like two episodes. I mean, as, as long as we may not record on Holy. I don't know. We'll figure that out when we get there. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. You guys figure will find out. out. Figure it out. Yeah, for sure. But uh, that'll be fun. It'll be fun to have you back. I'll be, uh, yeah, should be should be good times. Um, but that's, uh, I don't know. Not a ton else going on at the moment. Just projects at work and just living the chill life, as it were, as it are and as it do. Mm-hmm. John is complaining about too much anime in our episodes, so oh, even yeah. though he didn't... For, he didn't formally lodge a complaint at palladiumpapistgmail.com. Nope, he didn't. <laughs> but he sort of semi-lodged a complaint at palladiumpapist at James and at <laughs> Riley, apparently. So, <laughs> In our worry, we are stepping collective up group chat. Uh, with a little bit of variety. Um, so we are the Palladium Papist. Speaking of variety. Yeah, we are the Palladium Papist. I'm James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. And today we're going to get a little philosophical with The Sixth Sense. In a world where one man will decide whether to pull a lever and kill one man, or not pull a lever and allow five people to die, find out in Philosophical. Bruce Willis and Haley Joel Osment. This was back when Bruce Willis has hair, by the way. Yeah, like uh, actually. In 1999. Good hair. This is before he went baldo yeah. mode. So The Sixth Sense was released in 1999. It was written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Or Shy- There's a Y in there. Shyamalan. Anyway. So. Second song by him, Do the Twist. <laughs> do the twist. <laughs> uh, what a so, hoot. anyway. This so, movie is not a hoot. That's not the point. Well, the, the twist is the point, but right. well, we'll talk about the twist when we get to the twist. How about. Yeah. But it doesn't start with a twist. It starts with um, Bruce Willis playing a Dr. Malcolm Crow who is at home with his wife having just accepted an award from the city of Philadelphia because he's spent the last 10 years as a child psychologist and he's just helped a lot of kids and he's a really good doctor and, and really good at what he does. It. And yeah, and loves what he does. His wife's like, you, you deserve this, honey. You, you've put everything second for these kids, even me. It's, it's, you've, you, you've earned this, this privilege of being called, like celebrated as a, as a psychologist. So it, it, they're, they're having a lovely night. They're drinking, they're carrying on and stuff. But then um, they discover someone has broken into their house. 
And it turns out um, the person that broke into their house is um, one of Dr. Malcolm's former patients. Um, he's And he's just very disturbed right now. He's constantly, he's like, He's, he's very like, he's he's freaking an adult out at this point. He's an adult at this point, but he's still freaking out. Apparently, um, what M- Dr. Malcolm told him and how he advised him uh, was not helpful at all. Gave him he, some meds, and but that didn't solve the problem. It, it didn't solve any of his problems. He 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 confronts him like, "You failed me, Doctor Crow. You you failed me. I didn't. You didn't help. You know why you're uh, uh, scared to be alone? Because because I know." He's, he's, he's saying freaky stuff over here in the corner. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to talk you down. Let's let's get over this. He, but um, it didn't end. It doesn't end well because uh, the the guy turns around and pulls a gun on Dr. Crow, shoots him, and then shoots himself. And uh, that's how that day ends. Mm-hmm. Cut to like a year later, and we see Dr. Crow, uh, and he's looking at a profile of a, of a new patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kid has like all the same uh, mannerisms, all the same, um, you know, diagnosis, diagnosis and psychoses of the the guy from the beginning of the movie. And so, uh, Doctor Ma- Doctor Crow confronts this kid, who's named I have his name written down. Give me a second. I uh, Cole Sear. Yep. Uh, played by uh, Haley Joel Osment. How's his last name spelled? S E A R. S E E E R, which right, is right, but when you think about right, uh, obvious setup is obvious. Obvious little bit of wordplay. Yeah. Anyway, so um, he he tries to talk to him. It's like, hey, we had an appointment today, but you uh you didn't show up, and so I'm uh I'm here to talk to you. And he's, but the kid's kind of distant and kind of tries to avoid him, uh, and he doesn't really get very far talking to him. Uh, he gets. They're like in a church, and the kid's playing with his um his like army men and stuff. But we get we get a little bit of a I forget exactly how the exchange went. Well, he's chatting with him. And he's like, hey, you know, you're wearing glasses without any uh without yeah. any lenses in them. He's like, yeah, they were my dad's. I took the lenses out because they made my eyes hurt or something right, like that. Right. So this is a recent divorced household, which is a characteristic from the other guy's uh, profile, and so just. Try, starting to get to know the kid a little bit, but the kid's slow to open up. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the next, like, he, and this kid is very, um, like, socially, very awkward. He's mm-hmm. very, he has trouble communicating with people, right? We la- we later see him in his house, in his, in his apartment with his mom. Um, and she, his mom will leave for a minute and she'll come back and all the cupboards are open and just, just weird stuff like that. And he's constantly afraid people will think he's weird, think he's a freak. Think the, he's... the apartment's also like constantly freezing cold in there. Oh, yeah. No matter how high they turn up the temperature and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so just, just kind of weird things surround the kid. Um, he gets picked up by a friend to by, – by his classmate, I should say, to get walked to school. But it turns out it's, it's all an act because uh, – Only as long as they can be seen from the window by his right, mom. Right, right. So he really doesn't have any friends. He's, He's paying a kid to pretend to be his friend. <laughs> right. So it's So he's not he's very isolated from everybody at school and he just has he freaks out from time to time. He'll he'll stare off in the distance and 
not respond for a minute, but then it's like, do you guys know what they used to? This uh, building used to be when he's in school. Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, they used to hang people here. What? No, this was a this was a courthouse. Like, yeah, no, they used to hang people here. Like, how how does how do you know how, that? Like, how Why does do he you know, know that? that? Yeah, like, and it's like a very sort of unsettling. He just exchange gets all... with his history teacher. So yeah, just a bunch of uh, things that like he's he's seeing weird things. He's feeling weird things he doesn't know how to communicate with people he doesn't want to tell people mm-hmm. eventually um he, he's talking to with dr crow some more right he comes to visit several times mm-hmm. and slowly gets him to open up and that the fact that uh the kid has a secret that he doesn't want to tell anyone mm-hmm. uh because they'll look at him differently or think he's weird right he doesn't mm-hmm. want to be looked at as a as a freak but at the same time he has to tell somebody or else it's uh is kind of going to eat him up from the inside out. Mm-hmm. So there's like partway through the film, there's a scene where um, him and his mom are at another kid's birthday party, and the other kid doesn't didn't really invite him. He was forced to by his dad or something, mm-hmm. uh, just because nobody really likes him at school because he's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so two other kids kind of gang up on him. Um, he's like wandered off in the house and is hearing voices. From like coming in the walls and like the dumb waiter or whatever. Yeah, and there's uh, like this cabinet in yeah, particular the, that he's hearing some noises coming from, and these these other kids are like, "Hey, let, let's shove him in there and lock him in it." Which was very not a good idea because as soon as they lock the door behind him, he starts really freaking out. Mm-hmm. And it's loud downstairs, but it's he screams just loud enough for his mom to pick up on him and try and help get him out of the cupboard and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's freaking out, and suddenly it goes quiet. And then they get the door unlocked, and he's very freaked out and kind of beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, so they take, she takes him to the hospital, uh, and he's fine. Like physically, he's got some cuts and scrapes on his arms that the doctor is a little inquisitive about. Mm-hmm. And the mom's like, "No, I'm a good, I'm a good mom. What do you think? I hit my kid? No, mm-hmm. no. I want to know what's wrong." And he's like, "Well." He's just fine. He's just tired, you know. Mm-hmm. So in the hospital room, uh, Mal- Dr. Crow comes to visit. Uh, and finally, they their relationship is at a point where um, the kid decides to confide in Dr. Crow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first major twist of the film, I see dead people. Mm-hmm. I, I Not like, you know, like a, like ghosts, like they are think they're alive they don't know they're dead they're walking around they only see what they want to see mm-hmm. and they 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 talk to me and they freak me out and it's and they hurt him and they hurt him sometimes that's where the weird cuts and scrapes are coming from and i guess another thing too is that during all this like dr malcolm is he's under pressure he really wants to help this kid you know right and, but and then he's also kind of under stress because he feels like he's his wife is becoming more distant and he can't They're very to... disconnected from each other. They're, yeah. They're and in the same house all of... the time, but they barely ever interact, right? Yeah. And she's like sort of seeing another guy and it's, you know, there's all this pressure on him. So he really wants to help this kid to try to feel vindicated. He, yeah. He needs to help the kid, but he also wants to salvage his marriage. And mm-hmm. he, he like shows up to their anniversary dinner. He sits and she doesn't even Late. look at him. She looks past him and it's just like, he's trying to explain, no, honey, I'm, busy with this kid and he reminds me of the other guy and she just doesn't pay attention to him takes the check and leaves with little more than a happy anniversary mm-hmm. so it's this it's this whole scenario um and so that's that's weighing on dr crow mm-hmm. um 
So we get to we spend a little more time. It's it's just kind of a slow paced movie where we just kind of spend time yeah. with the characters. The uh, one thing that's kind of interesting is that there's like this. Um, like uh, Cole has this little tent he's rigged up in his room that has a sign on it says "Keep Out." And when when he's being haunted, he'll like go in there, and it's full of like crucifixes and statues of Jesus and Mary and different things like that. And he's, uh, I think, when when they first meet in the church, right on his way out, Cole steals a Mary statue. Yeah, and then uh, like Cole is also like he's saying stuff in Latin, and and then Doctor Malcolm is like, so why why does your soldier guy there speak Latin? And then he like writes down what the kids said and it's like out of the depths i cry to you lord so like you know this kid's like very desperate to get this haunting thing out of his life because he's he's under a lot of stress and duress and so we so like for the rest of the movie we get to see uh what he sees and sometimes it's a little gruesome you can see how they died and Mm -hmm. stuff and it's this whole thing and dr um dr malcolm he's just he's like man he's saying he talks to dead people I might have to give this kid meds, you know. There's, I don't know if there's anything else I can do for him. But then, but then he's going through his old notes on uh, the other case, mm-hmm. and he comes across a recording of like like a tape recording he made. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a space where he like gets up and leaves to do something else, and he comes back and he he notices it's gotten cold in the room in terms of the thermostat. Mm-hmm. But while listening at the highest volume to like what was happening while he was gone yeah talk to get take a phone call or something right he he could hear somebody 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 talking to the kid and the kid speaking back in a hushed voice so it's Mm -hmm. so finally he's convinced oh oh shoot there might be some kind of because that's sort of the sign when like there's a dead person in the room communicating like it gets really cold particularly when they're upset or agitated and there's like this sort of a like they don't bring it up specifically but there's almost like this sort of rainfall noise that happens in the background even if it's not raining like this sort of a staticky white noise that might have been just a a filmmaking technique to just yeah to signal to the audience that's going on maybe not diegetic at all nearly nearly imperceptible but still there yeah but so yeah that's kind of the mechanics of what happens when this so yeah um Dr. Crow comes back to see Cole and he's like, you know what? I, I believe you now. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we need to talk about what we do about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he asks the kid, well, what, what, what do they, why do they come to you? Why, what do you, what, what do they do? He's, he's, do they look? And um, they come to the conclusion that maybe, maybe they just want to talk. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes it just seems like they want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, what, what if, what if it's more well, it's dangerous? kind of freaky because these people are like appear to him in the state in which they died, right? Whether that's you know with a open back of the head or with a just burns, and burns and stuff, and it's just, crazy things. So slightly gruesome, but mm-hmm. so they they agree that maybe they can only find out you know what they want by talking to them. So the next time this happens, um, there's this girl that appears to him and she's in a constant state of vomiting basically she's constantly throwing up Mm -hmm. and being like i i'm feeling better Mm -hmm. a little bit um and so they follow her to her wake which is being held at her old child at her home 
Um, and in her home, they find a videotape that she made. She directs. She Cole. directs them to to where it is, mm-hmm. and she instructs it to them to give the tape to her father. And in the tape, it is revealed that the reason she was sick the whole time and why she died was because her mother was slowly poisoning her. Mm-hmm. And so that is she had like set up like the family home TV camera to, you know, record her playing with puppets, and then like she her mom comes into the room to give her food and then doesn't notice the camera and so she spikes her drink or she spikes her soup or something like that and gives mm-hmm. it to her so the father's like why did you, you know so, so the father finds out that his wife it, basically it, killed their daughter it allows you know the it brings closure to the family it reveals the the truth mm-hmm. and like kind of squares things off for the the girls like so she can pass on mm-hmm so then after we after that sequence where we see what good Cole can do with his gift as it turns out it is isn't a curse. Mm-hmm. Um they're having one last interaction where uh Dr. Malcolm Dr. Crow and Cole are basically saying goodbye cuz now that they've figured it out it's like well I don't have to I don't have to help you anymore I can move on and stuff. And the kid gives him some advice because they had talked earlier about the fact that Dr. Crow can't really connect with his wife anymore for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and so cole goes well why don't you just talk to her while she's asleep she won't she can hear you well not knowing and talk to you while you without knowing she's like okay so he gets home and finds her sleeping on the couch and starts to kind of open up to her about hey i'm I'm sorry i've been distant i'm sorry i've been and she responds with a why did you leave well she's still she's she's still asleep but she's kind of sleep talking like i miss you why did you leave and he's like, wait, I left? She mm-hmm. drops his wedding ring, and suddenly it's like, oh. oh he's like, oh, oh, I'm not wearing my wedding ring. She's I'm not wearing my wedding ring. Hmm. And then he starts seeing like other things from There's the- this door in the house that he's consistently not been able to open. But there's a, there's a bookcase in front of it that he never saw before because he's seeing only what he wants to see. Mm-hmm. Turns out he was dead the whole time. The gunshot wound at the beginning of the film, uh, killed it, him. it killed him. And you couldn't see it from the front. It mostly bled out in the back, which is why whenever he's, yeah. So, yeah, it turns out he's been dead the whole time. And all he needed was the closure of finding out what he, where he went wrong with the Helping last... another kid who was like his patient. And then, you and know, then also saying goodbye to his wife, making up to his wife about, no, you, you were never second to my work. You were, I always loved you, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so then the movie fades out, uh, end of movie. Yeah. So that's the sixth sense. And that is the sixth sense. Spoilers. Sorry, <laughs> but the movie's like what? A uh, twenty something 20, years old. Twenty like, years. I old. think it was 90, 18, eighteen. I think. Years. I thought it was, like ninety eight no, or something like that. No, maybe I had second hand lines in my head. From oh yeah, that that one was two thousand three, because. Uh, nineteen ninety nine. Yep. Yeah. Ninety nine. Okay. So some cool stuff about the movie. Um, Obviously, um, if you don't know the twist going into it, uh, it's actually really well set up. Mm -hmm. So that like, there's several scenes that that are framed in such a way that make it look like Doctor Crow is interacting with someone or has interacted with someone. But you look back and see, no, he actually wasn't. There is no actual talking. He's just he was just awkwardly sitting in the side or in the background. The only character he talks to, aside from the beginning, is Cole. Mm-hmm. 
So because it's because Cole sees dead people and Dr. Right. Malcolm is dead. And so all the all the little p- things that that lead up to that uh and pay even off. like him reaching for the check so he can pay for his wife instead and she says happy anniversary. She's not actually to, talking to him. She's just, you know, mourning him at a re- at the restaurant he proposed to her in. And there's like there's a scene where his wife is in the shower and he's also in the bathroom. He's looking at the, in the medicine cabinet and there's uh antidepressants mm-hmm. and she, and that's like weighs on him because it's like, well, what am I doing wrong? Well, what you're doing wrong is you're sticking around and you're there's dead. a ghost in the house mm-hmm. bringing the mood down and bringing the temperature down. She's constantly shivering when she's asleep on the couch, watching your wedding videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, there was a lot of really, great setup for that payoff mm-hmm. and then when you go back and think about it well and then the movie kind of like shows a little it does a little bit of a moments. recap but like on a second viewing it's like it's interesting to see all the little places where uh yeah they were hinting at it i mean unfortunately i'd had that spoiled the twist spoiled for me but then so like as i was watching the movie i was kind of looking for like these things as they went along so yeah. it's still the payoff was still satisfying i mean 22 years removed and it being like and the plot twist of this film being the thing that people remember it for mm-hmm. and the thing people remember the director for. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to avoid, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, I I didn't have it spoiled for me the first time. So like when they made the reveal at the end, I was like, oh, that, oh. that, was, that was really cool. I audibly groaned. Oh. Audibly groaned. <laughs> As opposed to inaudibly groaned. That's how far this joke has gone is that. <laughs> Things that are actually audible, we have to we be have explained to there. as audible, <laughs> audibly explaining the joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! See, so, yeah, I think I think one of the biggest cool things about the film is the way it treated the twist, mm-hmm. and also like the the fact that it was kind of set up when uh, when the kid explained how his how the ghosts worked, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, and then there's sort of a, a thing at the end too, where because like his mom, uh, Cole's mom has been really like trying to figure out what's the matter with him and why he won't talk to her and why he's like always so stressed out and why things are so weird at the house. Things keep getting moved around, mm-hmm. and she's trying to get him to fess up and say that he did it because there's only one. Other there was like this. The there's like this, um, this like necklace a, a, or something or bracelet yeah. that was her mom's that keeps moving into his room, and she's like. You know, you can you can just fess up and tell me you you stole it, and I'll forgive you. And he's like, I can't, I didn't steal it. And so, she, turns out, his grandma had been visiting him because she had passed a while back. And so, they're sort of sitting in the car. You know, they're backed up in traffic because there's an accident up ahead. And the mom, and the mom's like, like, I hope nobody got hurt. And he's like, Yeah, somebody did get hurt. There was a woman on her bicycle and she died. And she's mm-hmm. like, Really? Yeah. And the cuts to uh, him. A shot of him and she's the, outside. The, what, how do you know that she's standing window. outside my window? And uh, so, um, and so he freaks out his mom a little bit. He's but like, then, "I'm ready to communicate with you now." And there's this, yeah. He he gives her like a message from grandma, mm-hmm. uh, talk like that. <sighs> something. Well, she had. Um, there was like a, a there was like a, a moment when she was or something yeah. in at, in her childhood that her mom missed because well she thought her mom, her missed, mom missed because, because she they was were mad, mad at her 
But, but then uh, it turns out her mom secretly went and watched her dance recital. And then she said something to her mom at her grave every day or something like that. She said, she asked, like at, at, at her mom's funeral, she asked something. And the answer was every day. Mm-hmm. And the, we and, and Cole's like, what was the question, mom? And she's like, I asked her if she was proud of me. If I made her proud. If I made her proud. Like she had never told anyone that she said this. So that's when she's so knew like, oh, dang, like. Cole's this actually, this is actually legit freaky, mm-hmm. but uh, th- he he had information nobody else could have possibly known. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a nice little uh, that that was that was cool too. Mm-hmm. The, the ending to that. So yeah. So with with that addendum, that's that's the uh, that's the sixth sense. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the sixth sense. Audible addendums. <laughs> There's not a lot that actually happens in the story of the film, but it's more about how it's told yeah. that I think is cool. And like, because it really, not a lot happens over the course of the whole movie, mm-hmm. but it takes the whole movie to tell this really simple story. Well, it's, it's a suspense thriller, right? Right. Semi-horror, so, not really horror, but there's elements that are scary to it. Right. So it, the most of the satisfaction comes from the mystery and the 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 buildup of it and and the resolution of like and the big twists and all that right which has now become like m night Shyamalan's like similar uh signature to to thing. the detriment of some of his movies even where it's yeah. like it's like okay uh, does this need he's to have a the twist? guy known for twists but not every so, story requires a twist and so now everyone's looking for twists so at that point is it really a twist right is it really all that surprising but uh, so, Riley, have you seen The Sixth Sense? I have not seen The Sixth Sense. Oh. I have been meaning to see it. It's one that I have. I mean, I had that thing. I had, I had known about the spoiler, mm-hmm. the major twist to it. So sure. That I had already heard. So it's not like you guys ruined it for me or anything. That's good. <laughs> After we explain the whole movie, wait, have you seen it? <laughs> have you seen it? No, I. I... This is a spoiler full podcast. Right, so always has been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe the real twists were the ghost We're... friends we made along the way. <laughs> Actually, <no. laughs> but but really. Um. So Nathan, what did you like about the success? I I talked about. Did it. He just got done. Talking I got about the cool what stuff done. We oh. talked about the twist. We talked about the. the oh, okay. Overall. We'll get into this when we probably get to the beauty part, but I really appreciated the cinematography. There were some really cool ways the shots were framed. Mm-hmm. And it was all, all felt really intentional. Very, very intentional, very unconventional too. Like, which like, makes sense because like... It's a suspense you know, you movie, your... right? They want to make you feel a little uneasy when the ghosts are around. Mm-hmm. And like, even when they're not, like just different weird angles and like the thing... That's like since this is the type of thing I pay attention to when I watch movies. There's like the f- opening few shots. Um, I don't. I at some point I'll look this up and see if there's anything to it. But like in the opening sequence, you see Malcolm's wife come downstairs to the wine cellar and grab a bottle of wine. But the whole time during the whole sequence, she's framed between two. Uh, she's always framed between like two lines of something. Like hor- by hor- per perpendicular lines or, or no, 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 no. Horizo- uh, not horizontal vertical lines, vertical lines. yeah she's but, always framed between two vertical lines not for the rest of the movie it doesn't look no but like in that first half of the movie she's always like framed by two vertical lines i'm like is this on purpose she, she's, she's like a focus of something yeah but yeah 
I have, I have to look look into that, but that grabbed my attention right away. And then just like the like top down camera angles are used a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, camera shake and movement and like sort of. Well, if, we well not like not like you know. Are, are we going to go like into Blair depth Witch. about this? Okay, fine, fine, fine. We, gonna, we, we can fine. start the transcendentals if you want to get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. That's the sort of thing I I really enjoyed. Okay, is, well let's start let's start with uh let's start with uh truth then. This is uh. Well, there's there's two uh, major things here. We got um, from Cole's perspective and from Doctor Crow's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for Cole, the the truth in the story for him is like the finding meaning in his what what's in his struggles in his, and his sufferings, right? And the strugglings and sufferings of others, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like it feels like a curse because it's scary and weird, but it's actually his gift. Mm-hmm. That and he's helping these people he a, find peace and pass on. Right, he has this unique ability. Gee, that sounds awfully familiar. I wonder if we've uh, covered something like that before. A little bit. And why do oh. we keep doing these? Back oh to yeah. Back? We, because it, it was fun. Didn't we do uh, Hollow Knight like right before Dark Souls too? Yeah, no, like, we did. And then we talked. Uh, about, it was a couple weeks after. Okay. But we talked about Dark Souls for like a month before we actually covered okay. it. Okay, but we did like we we have. You, we've there have been a couple of times where we covered very similar stories right back to back, but I've just been We're on a roll. It's not because we did the other. Um, uh, You're just like let's Angel watch Beats. the sixth. It's because I've been meaning to do. This I hadn't movie seen for a it, while. so Nathan's like, "I'm gonna get it, and we're gonna watch it." So we did. Anyway, back to truth. Anyway. Anyway. And for so for Cole, it's this um, acceptance of his gift and realizing um, that it's his purpose to uh help these people through their suffering Mm -hmm. and for dr for dr crow uh it was about letting go it was Mm -hmm. about um coming to terms with With his his failures and and then like his his failures professionally his failures with his wife and coming to terms with that and then letting go Mm -hmm. to move on so that she could move on too she was unable to really find a relationship after there was this guy who's like really cares about her and he's like you know because he doesn't know he's dead he's like is she having an affair but uh now that he understands what it's like i, I think when he says goodbye to her it's like you'll feel different in the morning mm-hmm. so yeah he he couldn't let go so he she realized that kind of stuck yeah. on him too yeah his her his inability to let her go is having an adverse effect on her so so it was he he did the best thing for for her but by letting her go mm-hmm. so it was so that's kind of the the main points yep it was uh goodness what is what is the goodness that can be found in this movie i think like um with the relationship between dr crow and cole mm-hmm. and then cole and his mom mm-hmm. uh because you get this really kind of natural feeling uh growth between Cole and Dr. Crow, where they just kind of slowly... He's obviously get... like a very talented therapist. Right. So he, he he's really good with kids, but also Cole doesn't trust therapists. He doesn't trust him because, of course, Cole knows he's a ghost mm-hmm. <laughs> but because nobody else sees him and he's the only one that can well, talk to him. I don't know if he knows that he's a ghost right I away. I think maybe not, maybe not right away, but there's a point in the film where he seems to figure it out. Mm-hmm. The, the interesting thing is, well, one thing I actually noticed um, is 
in the final scene, you realize when it, when he was shot, most of it bled out in in his back instead of where he was shot in the front, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we never see Doctor Crow from the back unless he's wearing a trench coat or a jacket or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every time he's not wearing a shirt, uh, when he's wearing just a shirt, we only see him from the front, mm-hmm. uh, which was yeah, because really... like the bullet's exit wound or something is the only part that bled. Yeah, so it was really cleverly framed the whole mm-hmm. time. Um, he's, he's wearing the exact same outfit in the entire movie, like right. plus For, or minus a jacket. Which it was the jacket he removed right before, you know, getting shot. So, mm-hmm. But it was, so yeah, I think just kind of watching them uh, get to know each other and help. And that, and his Dr. mom like genuinely wants to figure out what's wrong with him and help him. You right. Know? She makes several attempts to reach out and to him or to people that were around him during whatever incident just happened mm-hmm. right um she's just and kind then, of at her wits end she's tr- she's a single mom trying to do her best for her kid yeah. right um and she feels like you know if something goes wrong they're gonna take him away and that's the last thing she that cole needs that's because you know it's i lost the sentence uh-huh. <laughs> it, but you know it's this really genuine feeling relationship between him and his mom and the really genuine feeling relationship between him and Dr. Crow. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, good, good. It's goodness. <laughs> yep. And like the fact that once, once um, Cole comes to terms with his gift, he uses it to help people find peace and right. move it's like on because that, that feels like it's his, it's the purpose of his power. Of his not powers, but like his sixth sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, it's implied they're they're like headed to the girl's house for her wake, so that they can uh, figure out what she wants to tell them. And she came from way out of town; mm-hmm. it was quite a long distance. So it's like people go out of their way to find him to find him. Um, and so you kind of see um, Doctor Crow like almost leave an impression on him. Mm-hmm. In a way, because it's like like his desire to help people. Exactly. So yeah. Um, beauty. Okay, now I can talk. Now about you this. can talk about now the, can talk camera about the camera work. work yeah. Because so yeah, some of the stuff I've already mentioned, but yeah, there's like you know the weird camera angles and the, like the camera shake isn't really like a Blair Witch Project kind of thing, but it's just like kind of you know it's like a handheld versus like a steady cam sort of thing. All the camera work conveys what it, you know it helps convey the emotions of the scene, like the unsettling nature of everything. Because most movies you have like your standard, you know, still shots or like smooth motion shots, you know, you typically don't see like top down, especially isn't used a ton, but it's used a bunch, especially when following Dr. Malcolm around. It's like to kind of show you like something's kind of off about what's going on with him. Um, and then the, the different, the different, uh, well, because there's like visual cues and stuff that happen in the movie, but there's also like different framing devices and stuff that kind of tell you things is off, things are off as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the music isn't doesn't really stand out a ton, but it's it just like sets an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. That's that's really that's what this kind of film benefits the most from. So that's mm-hmm. what it gets. Yeah. So overall, it's like I, I was yeah I was really impressed with like the yeah it's camera work. It's it's impressively made. It's like got it's. Everything feels intentional. Mm-hmm. Like, 
And I guess that's kind of part of the unity of it all. Yeah. Where it's like unity, everything serves the story and this tells was writ- a, a united yeah. um gives it yeah. It was written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. So he had mm-hmm. a story he wanted to tell and everything is in service to that story. Nothing there wasn't really any dead weight. Everything felt intentional. Right. And, I mean I was like about midway through the movie I was trying to figure out like, okay, so where's this going? Like he sees dead people like where are we going with this? But well, and I think now that I think on it though, like I think that's just sort of reflective of Dr. Malcolm just being at a loss as to how to help this kid. Mm-hmm. And that kind of conveys that. But, uh, but yeah, no, everything, there wasn't really any dead weight. Everything was done intentionally right. and like most tastefully of the, and subtly. A lot of the scenes that would seem incidental at first come into play later when there's a plot twist or when there's a revelation uh, that's like, Oh, so that's why, he was the kid um he would know what the school was previously used for and Mm -hmm. stuff you know because he's literally seeing the people who died in the building right (laughs) so it's it's very like guided by a single vision and Mm -hmm. everything serves the purpose of the story and it's really well put together yeah good film there's a reason why it's considered like a timeless classic so I mean, as long as it isn't spoiled for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good luck with that. <laughs> right. I mean, you're listening to this podcast, so it's already been spoiled. But so. also, there's a reason it's been it's talked about in terms of spoilers. Because it made such an impact. It's such, it's such a well-done twist, right? Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. Plot twists are like, kind of can be predictable or a trope, right? But like when they're done well, mm-hmm. and when they're they stand earned, out, right? It's it's uh they, they, yeah they stand out. It sort of captured that feeling like when you read like a Sherlock Holmes book or something where like now that you have that final piece of the puzzle and you can see the whole picture, like in the big climactic moment, because like you know Doctor Malcolm he's like watching, you know he's standing by his wife who's asleep, and he realizes oh crap I'm dead, you know the room's cold he can see her breath. You know, there's all these different signs that are pointing to, like, I am the dead person in the room that's causing this stuff to happen. Mm -hmm. So, good stuff. Yeah. It's not, I don't know, I'm not, like, a horror person, but this is a thrillers and suspense movies I can get behind. This was more of a suspense movie to me than a horror movie. There's some light horror elements. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. some some gore in the ghost makeup occasionally, but, Mm -hmm. like... It's it's more about the suspense and the mystery and the not being sure of what's going on with the kid mm-hmm. and the the kind of just real human concern for just a kid in a bad situation mm-hmm. with you know bruises on his arms. It's like oh this is just kind of a, li- a little real. Well, and a little... then the ki- like kid uh, what's his name? Lee, uh, what's the kid's name? Like his actual name? Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, he's he's like a really talented actor as a kid, so he can really kind of see like how much like stress he's under and just Mm -hmm. desperate to make it stop so yeah good uh good stuff well overall solid film yeah can recommend so i guess even even with the spoilers it's fun to see how how they pulled it off how they pulled it off any any closing comments on your end nope all right well I, i feel like i have to see it to comment any further right yeah we should cover something we've all seen every so often. <laughs> yeah, that'd be useful. Yeah, probably. We should probably do that. We probably should. Yeah. Be that a minute. Yeah. as it may. 
Thanks for listening to the Palladium Papers. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Palapapis. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or complaints, or suggestions for future episodes, email us at palladiumpapers at gmail.com. Or if you if you know us, you can just give us crap and <laughs> we'll respond. So. Please send it to our email so it's official so, and on record. And so we can actually get emails. Should, should to we our read emails. so we can feel good about ourselves air? for getting emails? Because we, I don't think we. Have we to can get. go through all of our uh, WordPress and uh, Google emails on air if we want to. Oh gosh, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. We never. I don't think we. We have yet to get like a non-account setup email on that address. So please, yes, email. that is true. I might check it. You never know. <laughs> I check it every so often. Okay. Well, adios, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. Adios. <laughs> Audible adios. <laughs> <laughs>